Dr. Julie Wenzel was raised in Annapolis, Maryland. She earned her Bachelor of Science degree in Forestry and Wildlife from Virginia Tech in 1998. After a few years of assisting in veterinary clinics and working on farms, she decided to enter veterinary training and earned her DVM degree from the University of Illinois College of Veterinary Medicine in 2004. After graduation, she completed an internship in an emergency medicine in Maryland, remaining on the clinic staff at that facility for seven more years. She continued to work in emergency medicine, as well as a rehabilitation and pain management veterinarian in association with a surgery specialty practice. She was certified by IVIS in acupuncture in 2013, and as a veterinary pain practitioner and canine rehabilitation therapist in 2014. She started an apprenticeship in Western Herbal Medicine in 2018. Please enjoy this conversation with Dr. Julie Wenzel as we discuss her childhood, education, work in a specialty rehab practice, and her current position in an integrated medicine practice in Leesburg, Virginia. Dr. Wenzel, thanks for talking today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So you grew up on the East Coast? I did, Annapolis, Maryland. A lot of pets growing up? Um, I, we were the, the cat people on the, the road. Everyone <laughs> knew who we were. <laughs> so did you accumulate quite a, quite a few then, having a reputation? Uh, yes, we we had a lot of cats, and I continue to always have cats. Um, right now, we have four, two new little kittens, so very exciting. As a as a uh, cat aficionado myself, four is really nothing. I agree. My husband, though, is not on the same page. You can put him on after we're done, and we can I can give him some perspective. Absolutely. <laughs> Was Annapolis a good town to grow up in with the academy and everything? Oh, it's a wonderful town to grow up in. It's, you know, it's on the water. The people are friendly. I I loved growing up there. Um, Were you into uh, anything on the water, like sailing, swimming, any of that? We did a lot of swimming when I was young. We did have a a house on the water, so that was really nice. And we would do some boating and crabbing and um, different things like that. So I loved it. Right on the ocean. Uh, We were right on uh, one of the rivers, the South River. Yeah, yeah. So when did you uh, think you wanted to be a veterinarian? Um, I think I kind of wanted to be a veterinarian from a pretty young age, but then, you know, like we all do, kind of do different things. And I initially started out in college as an environmental resource um, science major, and then I went to wildlife management, and I thought I wanted to be a wildlife vet, and um, and it kind of progressed from there. What um, you went to undergrad at Virginia Tech? Yeah, so I I started at Elizabethtown in Pennsylvania, and then I did my last two years at Virginia Tech in the Forestry and Wildlife Department. And then what, where did you go after school, after graduation? After graduation, I was home for a little bit, you know, trying to figure out my life. And uh, then I went to, I was working in vet clinics, and I was working on a farm and doing different things like that. Um, And then I went to vet school in Illinois. What took you to Illinois? Wildlife, because I wanted to do wildlife vets, so they have a really uh, great wildlife program there, a wildlife center, um, and I was very active in that through school. Was it difficult to get in as an out-of-state student? It was, um, but it, you know, it it worked out great for me, so. Good. Um, did you enjoy um, Champaign-Urbana? You know, it was very different for me, and I think it was 
it was just kind of fun. I had never really been anywhere else. And so it was just a different part of the country, you know, kind of a little bit different lifestyle, a little bit slower paced. And um, I, I did really like it. Did you miss big water, though, being, being in the Midwest? Oh, yeah. The idea of seafood in the Midwest was not something that I could get behind. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. So um, what sort of wildlife experience did you get in school then? Um, I would say that we did. Uh, well, I mean, there were always little orphan bunnies and, and some birds and things like that. Um, but the things that I really enjoyed was working with the raptors. And so um, we did a lot of work with different hawks and owls. Um, waterfowl, I did enjoy the waterfowl. They're, they kind of stink a little bit more, but they are, I just, I really like working with all of them, mostly birds. Uh, you know, the squirrels and bunnies are, are nice as well, but um, I, I definitely enjoy the birds more. The Midwest has a good, a uh, lot of opportunity for raptor rehab. Absolutely. Um, so where'd you go after graduation? Well, after graduation, um, I kind of realized that I probably wasn't going to do wildlife medicine. And so I started in emergency and I came back home to Annapolis um, where I had actually worked before I went to school at an emergency clinic there. Um, I did an internship, small animal emergency internship. And then I stayed on board for another seven years until I moved to Leesburg. Um, but I've actually continued to work at that emergency clinic and I've I'm only there, you know, once or twice a month, but I've now been there for almost 20 years, you know, as a relief doctor. So a lot of changes at that clinic over that time? A lot of changes, but I think that, um, you know, there, I, there's still people I have worked with there for 20 years. So it's, it's kind of like going home, you know? Yeah. Some familiarity for sure, huh? Absolutely. Um, what prompted you to do the internship? Um, you know, initially I thought maybe I wanted to do a residency, um, which I, you know, after I worked for a while, realized that probably wasn't for me. I just enjoyed too many different things. I didn't really feel like specializing in one thing was something that I wanted to pursue. Um, and it also, I really wanted to get more experience. You know, I, I wanted to be able to do surgery and I wanted to be able to manage cases. Um, and I felt like it gave me the opportunity to do that. Was it a large, uh, a large clinic that your internship was in? It, it's a very large clinic, um, and it's one of the few that, as an emergency clinic, gives you primary case responsibility, at least at that time, um, as well as allowing you to do surgery without being on the surgery rotation. So that was really important for me. Give you a, so you got a lot of hands on. I did absolutely. Did you feel like your um, school prepared you for that? For for the internship. For, for the internship, yes. For surgery, uh, no. But uh, yeah. for the internship, I do feel like um, I was pretty well prepared for that. Uh, how many interns were there the year that you were there? The year I was there, there was only two. There's been as many as, as six. Uh, wow. But it was just me and one other person at that point. Yeah. So how far along did you get into it before you decided that maybe uh, residency wasn't the thing for you? I think about six months. Uh, and like I said, I just like so many different things. I really enjoy exotics and wildlife. And then I enjoyed emergency and then I enjoyed toxicology and surgery. And I just, there was nothing I could just pick to say, I just want to do this all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so where did you go after that? Um, well, after that, I went 
when we, my family moved to Leesburg, Virginia, and I did emergency for a couple of years, um, that, uh, just the shifts were very long as my family grew and I had my children. Um, and so then I decided to pursue <clears throat> pain management. I went to a conference and I took a whole bunch of pain management courses and I said, this is, this is what I want to do. I want to be able to offer a variety of different things. So I started my acupuncture training at about that time, um, went from my acupuncture training straight into my rehab training. Um, and then I started at a rehab clinic where I did rehab and pain management. And that also allowed me the opportunity to start doing my herbal training. Ah, so where did you do your acupuncture training? I did my acupuncture training at Ivis. Uh, and I, it was a great experience. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And how about rehab? I did my rehab with CRI. In when I and I did my courses in Florida, and again, I I felt like I got a great uh, opportunity from them. So good. I know they they offer some acupuncture too. Do, did you feel or in the rehab curriculum was acupuncture was involved in that, or how many with your classmates, so to speak, were using holistic methods along with the rehab? I would say not a whole lot in my rehab class that I did. I, I definitely think there were a few, but they were definitely more rehab oriented. We had a we had a fair number of physical therapists, like human physical therapists in our classes. Um, so I was one of the the few one of the few that did acupuncture. Um, but I it just it blended so well together when I went and transitioned into a full time rehab practice um, that I think it you know, it they just go together so so easily. Did you enjoy commingling with uh, PTs in your in your course? I did, and my sister's a human PT as well. So, ah, okay, yeah. <laughs> so you had some uh, some inkling of what that was like. Yes. Um, so the, the rehab practice was it a full time rehab practice that you were involved in? It was. It's um it's a rehab practice that was associated with a surgical center. So we had you know kind of automatic. Um, referrals. Uh, but we did, uh, we took in outside cases. Uh, that was one of my big things that I took. Um, I would take neuro cases. I would take geriatric cases. Uh, I would take sports medicine cases as well as just the traditional post-op orthopedics. Um, so we would see anything and it was, uh, it, it was all encompassing. We, it was, we had, um, Three vets at one point. We had, I think, four, three or four um, certified technicians who were rehab specialists, as well as some assistants. So we were a very busy practice. Boy, it sounds like it. How many surgeons were in the, the associated practice? Well, the surgeons had, we had two locations um, in our rehabilitation department, and we had three for our surgeons. So I'm going to say maybe six of the boarded surgeons, but then we had interns and residents. And I might be, or might have been more at at times. So, so three locations for surgery and two for rehab. Correct. Wow, that's a that's a pretty big. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you? What's your sense? I mean, this is a bit unusual being associated with a surgical practice. How about you know compared to your say your classmates from rehab? It must have been nice to have those internal referrals. 
I think that it was. I think that there's, you know, there's different types of rehab practices. And I think there are a lot more of the larger practices now that are either associated with a larger facility, like um, like a referral clinic or um, larger private clinics. Uh, but I I think that you get so much more and you can provide so much more than than what it is in like a general practice. And I think that's what a lot of my classmates were doing. They were kind of general practice and incorporating it in, which I think is, I think is fabulous. And that's yeah. mostly what I'm doing right now in the current general practice I'm in. Um, but I mean, I definitely have cases that I'm like, you, you need to go to these referral centers. I, I can't provide everything for you. Yeah. So, so of the, with the surgeons and the interns and residents, were, was it just po- standard policy that things would be um, go to rehab after surgery or how did that work? It was standard. Um, it was a standard practice. And so our surgeons were really on board. And I think that even as we started to show them what we could do and what we could offer, they would really start referring other things into us, you know, some cases that were medical management or potentially cases that came in and really weren't surgical at all, but needed management and uh, pain management or geriatric care. And so they would start referring those cases into us as well. So I think that it really, we work very well together in that sense. Oh, I bet. Now, as part of that group, did you get um, interns and residents that rotated through? Um, When I was there, we did occasionally have them come over, but I would say they were pretty much focused on surgery at that point. Um, So we didn't really see them. I know that uh, when we had another doctor after I left that practice, and he was a sports medicine uh, boarded, they did take residents, which was nice for them. Yeah. And the other docs that you worked with, the rehab docs, were they doing acupuncture as well, or were you alone in that? One was doing acupuncture. We She started training while I was there, so we kind of worked together, and I did some of her um, training and mentorship for her, so that was nice as well. How long were you at that practice? I was there for six, almost seven years, I think. Nice. And, and what took you away? Um, I think just... It's a very physical job. Um, yeah. We would have a lot of very large dogs, you know, 200-pound dogs sometimes, and we would do very intense things, and it, it just became a a lot. I was in PT myself probably every year that I worked there, every other year that I worked there. So I think for my own health, I just kind of started realizing that maybe this was not a long-term fit for me. It is really physical. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about the the rehab technicians? Was there a lot of turnover there because of that, because of the physicality of it? Um, There were a couple of us that the, some of the girls I started with that we stayed, but yes, we did have a a lot of turnover just because you're on the floor all the time and, you know, your back would hurt or your knees started hurting. And so we did have a fair amount of turnover in our, in our staff. Yeah. It's just, the nature of it, you know, it's just really Very physical. physical. Yeah. So, so what kind of practice did you head to next? So I transitioned to the practice I'm currently in, which is a small animal practice. Um, my boss is, you know, when we first started talking, I actually had treated her dog in rehab. Um, and so when we first started talking about options, she has a it's a very small clinic. Um, we're currently one and a half doctors. I'm the one and she's the half now. And 
she was just looking to bring options in. And so she was very open to acupuncture, to even bringing the rehab in. Um, and she was open to herbs, which is great because there's a lot of people who are not necessarily super open to that. Yeah. So we should back up. When did you do your herbal training? At what point in there? So I started doing, um, I, I started doing herbal training probably about three years into my rehab clinic. So probably around, I probably have these dates wrong. I want to say maybe like 2015, uh, 2016, that time frame. Um, and I started with Western herbal. I, as I told you before, I, I did a lot of environmental things and I took a lot of plant classes and I very much enjoy gardening and working with my hands. Um, and the Western herbs for me, I knew a lot of the plants already. I felt very comfortable with them. I knew what they were. Uh, so that's how I kind of started out. What? Uh, where did you go for your herbal training? So I started with a small course, I think, offered by CIVT with um, Dr. Lori Doman and uh, Dr. Barbara Fougere. And it was held in Maryland, which was very close. And it was just an introduction to Western herbs. And I said, I'm going to take a look at this. And I loved it. And then Dr. Doman was offering a apprenticeship, a hands-on apprenticeship for me um, with Purple Moon Herbs down in the Outer Banks. And I thought, you know, I could go to the Outer Banks every month for a, a little while. And so I did that. And I just, I've been, you know, associated and, and going back to some of her classes since then. And um, yeah, that's, that's how that started. Do you enjoy getting down to the teaching center then? I do. Yeah. Um, I like, go, and I do help Dr. Doman out now with some of her classes. Uh, so I, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice center. I bet it's a nice just change of pace for you to get away and get to a different physical location and do that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I get to go kind of hang out with people who just want to sit and play with plants and, and talk about herbs. And nothing. <laughs> it's really nice. Nothing wrong with that. That's yeah. Sure. So, so uh, when you started doing that training, you were still at the rehab practice. Did you incorporate some of that with your patients then? Was there pushback from the, from the surgeons? Um, it, well, the surgeons, yes, they, you know, they would tease me they, in, a, in a nice way, but they would always tease me even about the acupuncture. They would tell me I was an acupuncturist. Um, but then they still brought their dogs in for me to actually acupuncture. So it was all in good fun. And um, I think sometimes they would maybe roll their eyes at me a little bit, but they, they didn't stop sending me patients and, you know, would call and ask if uh, they felt like I couldn't, you know, if they were worried that something might interact, they would just call and ask and they were good sports. That's good. So how long have you been in, at your current practice? Oh, almost four years now, or maybe it is four years. And how, how much rehab are you able to offer? You said it was a small space. It is a small space. So most of what I do now is I offer evaluations and I set up plans and I do have a few smaller dogs that I can actually do in clinic rehab with. Um, and I would say it's probably still only about 15% of, of my practice, um, which is okay. And it's kind of along my speed. And then I probably have another 15 
20% that I have uh, with acupuncture patients. So, um, you know, about a third of what I'm doing right now is is going to be that integrative medicine. And you enjoy still doing the allopathic stuff? I do. I do. Yeah. I like to incorporate it. I think it's a nice mix for people. Oh, absolutely. Um, do you have, uh, do, are people seeking you out for that sort of care for the integrated things? Um, yes, it's been, when I first transitioned, I brought a lot of my clients with me, uh, from the rehab practice. So uh, I had many patients, many clients who followed me. Um, and now I am starting to bring in new clients from other, uh, clinics, which is, is nice as well. Any, um, is there any resistance now that you're in a general practice to, to getting outside referrals? I do think there's a little bit, um, but I also think that uh, I try to be, you know, open and share my records and everything with the other with the other clinics. Um, so I think they are becoming a little bit more open to the fact I'm not, you know, I don't want to take their clients for their general practice. I have one. I have two clients now that come from the same practice and, you know, they go over there for their, their skin and everything else. And then they just see me for rehab and plus or minus acupuncture. And it's starting, I think we're getting a good working relationship, but it has taken a couple of years. It does take time, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, To build up that trust. Absolutely. How many um, technicians do you have in this current practice? Well, I have four technicians, um, but I don't have anyone that's trained in rehab here, so I do most of it uh, myself. Um, I'm trying to start working in some of the younger girls, <laughs> you know, younger techs to um, to start helping me out, and and we're working on some training with them. Yeah, um, do they do any say massage or any of the therapeutic exercises? They're they're learning. Yeah, they're not quite there yet, but we're yeah. working on it. Any interest in in uh, extending your portfolio of modalities? Um, I have I have considered it. Um, I I've always looked into chiropractic training. I'm just not sure. I have one of my issues is my hands, so I'm not not sure that's necessarily the one for me. But I find it fascinating. Um, I also think that I would I think craniosacral would be really interesting um, to do. So I'm, I'm looking into that as well. Oh, good. Yeah. And that's certainly going to be easy on your hands. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you're still keeping your, your hand in the, the, uh, so to speak, in the emergency medicine game. Yeah. Yes. I mean, emergency is just, it's something I've always really enjoyed. And, you know, I think the other thing is, is that when I was with the rehab practice, our emergency department would send us things. They would call us in for some of these big polytraumas to help with it. Sometimes they would call us in for like the the dogs that have been sitting there forever and not eating to, to help with things like that, with acupuncture and other modalities. And now, and I still use that. So even when I go to emergency, um, the number of people I can talk to, you know, the the older dog that maybe they don't have, Ten or fifteen thousand dollars to do back surgery. You know, we talk about all of these things that they can do, and I feel like it can be super beneficial. Like because I can, I can help them, and and my colleagues will have them talk to me. You know, before they go home, if they want to try, and so I just provide them with all those options. That's really nice. You know, I'm hearing on the human side where 
not more and more, maybe it's not widespread, but hospital systems are getting acupuncturists into to work at the ER and with critical patients. And it's really cool. Yeah. And I have like just these big like gains. Uh, we did a, a couple that, you know, they after they bloat and some of these dogs don't get back up and having, you know, rehab. And I, I mean, we've definitely gotten a couple of these big dogs back up and I'll acupuncture them while I'm there at the emergency clinic and I'll help them fit their harnesses and help them get them up. And, and I talk to the clients and I create a little plan with them. And even though I'm not going to continue with them, you know, I set them up with somebody that can. And so the clients are, a lot of them are really open to it. Yeah, that's, that's great. So logistically at your, at your uh, day job, so to speak, away from the (laughs) ER, um, are you making your formulas? Are you having the techs do that? How does that work? So I, um, it depends. I have one tech and I think she's going to be my rehab person as well, but she really like. So I do a lot of simple and, um, and mix them. And I think she's, she's really getting into it. So I'll give her a formula a lot of times and she'll, she'll be the one to, to take that job over for me. When, when you're seeing a patient and prescribing mm-hmm. a formula, are you getting it to them that same day or do they, you need to mull that over, come up with your ideas and, and get it to them at a different time? I think most of the time, um, just because most of my most of my herbals I did obviously for pain management clients. So for those formulas, I feel very comfortable with putting them together. And I I don't keep a huge ph- uh, pharmacy. I keep fairly small number of of herbs, so I can put those together really pretty quickly and get them to them same day. If it's something I'm seeing for something different, like maybe I'm, you know, we're trying to work on a dermatology formula or a respiratory formula or cardiac, um, just because I don't do those quite as much, I do usually try to mull it over a little bit more and then get them a formula, you know, within 24 hours or so. That's kind of nice. So mostly tinctures or how are you doing that? I do mostly tinctures. I do, um, have some Chinese herbs that I will order, or sometimes I will have um, them order like a, I have one client that lives in Delaware, so I'll have her order like a, a formula from one of the companies, and then she'll just order it online, or we'll have them drop ship it, a uh, pre-made one. So, What suppliers do you like for your Western herbs? Um, so I use uh, Herbalist and Alchemist for most of my herbs. Um, I will order some uh, through standard process as well. So I would say those two primarily, um, I use Herb Farm as well and a couple others, but those are my primary ones. Did you get um, exposure to particular Chinese herbal companies through IFAS when you took the course? I did, but honestly, I didn't start Chinese herbs really until, um, I think I I really started taking some courses maybe about two years ago. Uh, So, and I, I think that Chinese, I, I think it's fascinating, but I do think it's a little bit of a different mindset for me. And um, so I'm really slow with, <laughs> with picking out my, my Chinese herbal formulas. Yeah. Um, who are you using for suppliers for those? Um, who, do, who am I using? I use Khan and I use um, Pintang are typically who I use sure. for those. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So what do you like to do outside of work? How do you, how do you keep your mind straight? Um, well, I, I like to garden. I do a lot of gardening. Uh, we moved into a new house. We built a house about two years ago. So I <clears throat> spent a lot of time gardening, revising my gardens, 
making them bigger, much to my husband's dismay. <laughs> um, I enjoy, I, I really like birding as well. So I like to set out things to kind of encourage birds into my yard and watch them. And then we like to hike and camp. You know, we like to be outside. Do you, uh, are you growing herbs in your, in your uh, gardens then? Oh yeah. I've got a, I've got a lot of herbs. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm sure everyone does, but I, I, I have, um, I have a medicinal garden and then I have pollinator gardens. And uh, so I'm working to expand those. <laughs> it's a negotiation though, I'm sure. I just, well, I think that at this point I just start expanding them and my husband doesn't really know. So if I just do it little by little and move the fence out just every once in a while, then he just doesn't realize it. That's a good strategy. Yeah. <laughs> Easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. It is. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys travel to bird or hike or, or do you, are you mostly around home? Uh, we mostly stay around home. Um, when we travel, I, I like to go to the beach. So that's what I do for <laughs> traveling. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, um, how, from your standpoint, having the rehab training in acupuncture and now doing herbs, I mean, what's your, what's your outlook on integrated medicine? Do you, do you feel like it's, uh, we've got a good future? I absolutely do. I think that more, more and more people are open to it. Um, I think that the research and acceptance of it is, is growing. Um, I think that, you know, you kind of have like the gateway herbs, right? I think you have your turmeric that people are, are seeing and, um, accepting. And then I think that you have the ones that even the veterinary oncologists and the emergency departments are are starting to incorporate like the Yunnan or the turkey tail for the immunity. Um, and I think that, you know, as we can, if we can get some of them on board, I think that that's where it filters down to the general veterinary population. Um, and I think you'll see more acceptance with those things and with that kind of change of mindset. Yeah, I'd have to agree. It's kind of nice. That, like you say, the, uh, the it's coming from both sides. You know, it's coming from the client, it's being client-driven, mm-hmm. but also we're fortunate that we've got, you know, oncologists that are recommending herbal medicine and mm-hmm. and and internists and, yeah, other specialists. So it's been really nice that way. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, the surgeons, when they're recommending and promoting things like rehab in their in their patients, and I think when they see those positive results, I think that they really will um, continue to do that. And as they're training new interns and residents and they're being exposed to it, I think it really will, you know, start to become more of a standard of care. Yeah, that's been really um, interesting from from my perspective to see um, how it wasn't really embraced in a widespread manner. Um, mm-hmm. over time, you know, rehab has really been waiting for the, for that to catch up, you know, for the surgeons to, for that, like you said, to become standard of care. And, and so I'm hoping that will continue. And I, I just, I think that those are things that as we see more of those clients that see the benefit of rehab and see the benefit of, benefit of acupuncture, um, I think those are the people that are open to more. I think they're open to the herbs. I think that they're, you know, open to these other techniques, whether that's like hemp, laser, all of those things. They just, they tend to have more of an open mind to it. And then when they have good results, they talk about it and, you know, 
help expand things for us. You bet. One one last thing that comes to mind with your rehab certification. Do you feel like uh, for te- on the from the te- technician side, do you feel like a it, a certified or registered tech hat, you have to be, uh, have that credential in order to go through the rehab or is that something that a vet assistant could, um, could go through? That's a very good question. Um, I think there's a couple of different things. I, I do think that there are some great assistants that probably could do that training, um, and do a very good job with it. I think the, the challenges in that are, the licensure and the legality of treatment, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think, where I think if you have an assistant that is always working in a practice with a vet, like, you know, I'm always there. Um, but when you see some of these other business models, which I think are really interesting business models of, you know, could we have technicians that just go to client houses, right? And for some of those dogs that can't get up. And I think that might be you know, in certain scenarios, something that would be really positive. Um, but the legality is there without having somebody that's credentialed or licensed and how your state, you know, regulates that. Um, so I think there's pros and cons to it. Um, but I think that there could be, you know, like in people, there's home health care. And I think that, you know, having something like that would be positive. But I, I think it's, you kind of run into, like I said, like the legalities of it and, and what, um, that's what I'm looking for, what, uh, you know, responsibility falls back onto the managing veterinarian. Yeah. I can, I hadn't thought of the home care, which is an excellent idea. I just, you know, my own practice, I have vet assistants because we don't do any surgery. You don't, I don't need a credential technician. Right. But I also want, uh, we're not doing full on rehab, but I would also love to get my, to send my assistance to a really good massage program, which if mm-hmm. they're not a credential technician, it's impossible really. Um, right. You know, the, and I see the massage or even some um, low level rehab things and even just, you know, assisting in a holistic or an integrated practice, you know, that, that having to be that CVT or, you know, licensed technician is, is a bit of a financial barrier given the, the, um, you know, the, the salaries in the field right now. And, you know, right. for someone to go through that, but, and then I'm looking, I'm listening to you and thinking, yeah, right. But if I could send those people to, to homes, maybe yes, they should, should have a license or some sort of credential. And maybe there's right. room for some sort of middle ground, you know, between a vet assistant and a, and a CVT absolutely. or an RVT. Yeah. I think there's absolutely options for that because I do think that they can do, I mean, and there's levels of what you're going to do, right? I mean, we have massage therapists here, you know, in our area that are, aren't any kind of veterinary professional. And I think that they do an awesome job. And I think that we could, you know, depending on what the school is or what their training is, I mean, I think we could definitely have vet assistants that are doing that and um, helping us with exercises in clinic and, and doing all those things. I, you know, I, I think there is room for, like, like you said, like a, maybe not an RVT that specializes in that, but maybe like a, like a home health care or, but in, in, in clinic, you know, type of situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. All right. I'm going to have to mull that over. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Julie, thanks so much for your time. It was great hearing your story and getting to know you a little bit. And uh, hopefully we'll run into each other in person soon at some point. Well, great. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. 
This podcast is made possible through the generous support of the College of Integrative Veterinary Therapies. ZIVT provides world-leading education in natural medicine, including three accredited postgraduate qualifications, industry-recognized certifications, and a wide range of evidence-based courses and webinars delivered by qualified and experienced practitioners. By bridging cutting-edge science and tradition, CIVT helps you to expand your treatment options to tackle your most challenging cases. And whether you're a veterinarian, veterinary technician or nurse, animal health professional, or someone who wants to learn more, they have the right course for you. Investigate their offerings at civtedu.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, we'd appreciate if you'd take the time to tell a friend and to give us a favorable rating on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for your support. We'll see you next time.